We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we are bringing to you a recap of the last two weeks we have seen in college football. And, Andrew, let's get right into it with arguably the biggest matchup we saw over these past two weeks, and that was Georgia-Alabama, where Alabama did come out victorious And I think they definitely proved that they're a top three team in the country. The first half, we could definitely both agree that was a little rocky for Alabama, but they showed in the second half, limiting Georgia to zero points. And the final score ended up showing that it was almost a blowout. Yeah, Henry and Alabama totally pulled away in that second half. And I think Mac Jones really solidified himself as a Heisman contender. And I know we were talking about before the season, how long it will take for Mac Jones to be replaced by the best freshman from the previous uh, 2019 class. And then that was Bryce Young. So we were talking about when Mac Jones was going to be replaced. Now we're talking about if he's going to win the Heisman or if he's going to be in the Heisman race, which is kind of crazy to me, Henry, how things can change so quickly off of one good season. And Mac Jones is having that amazing season. We knew he was good because he showed uh little uh, spurts of it last season, but now he's really showing it and going into full form, I think. And Mac Jones is looking great. And recently at the time of the game, Jalen Waddle was going off, but recently we learned that he is done for the season, which will kind of hurt Alabama in the long run, but I, I don't think it will hurt them that bad because their receivers are still very much stacked. And they still have a very much explosive offense, even without Jalen Waddle, which would probably be their best uh, superstar player, I would say, as of right now. I mean, that's debatable because they have a lot of weapons, but I would say Jalen Waddle is definitely up there. And Henry, I thought Georgia might have won this game, judging off the first half. It was looking close, and then Alabama completely blew them out of the waters in the second half. And now I'm starting to think Alabama has to be a national championship contender by the end of the season. Yeah, Andrew, Nick Saban's halftime adjustments are second to none. And even with Jalen Waddle being out for the season, Alabama won't miss a beat. I mean, we we both know that they'll just bring in another five-star receiver to replace him. He may not be as good and talented right now, but he'll end up being a first round pick in two years. And we'll be talking about him the same way as we're talking about Jalen Waddle. But 
Moving on to probably what we saw was the craziest ending in all of college football, maybe all year so far. And that was the Penn State Indiana game, the Big Ten getting started with a bang. And Indiana's quarterback, Michael Phoenix Jr. I'm not Phoenix, I'm not exactly sure how you say his name, but we'll just we'll just call him Michael for now so we don't have any sus stuff going on. But there was a huge play, two-point conversion. Indiana went for the win. And it looked like it was close for him to get that two-point conversion. And it was hard to tell whether he got that ball extended over the, the goal line. But, Andrew, what were your thoughts on that play? And what are your thoughts on this Indiana and Penn State teams overall? Well, Henry, before I uh, touch up on that final two-point conversion play, I want to talk about what happened before that. Because... Penn State had a chance to ice the game and run the clock out. But similar to what we've seen in the NFL, actually, the day we're recording this, uh, some running backs choose not to go down and choose to score the touchdown uh, before the team. And I guess you could say they put themselves before the team because these guys want to pad their stats instead of trying to win games. And of course, we saw uh, today with the Atlanta Falcons versus uh, the, the Detroit Lions, Henry, Todd Gurley could have had the chance to ice the game for the Falcons and to run the clock out. But of course, he ran it into the end zone, but there was an effort to stop, but it was just a little too late. And we saw this for the Penn State uh, running back. He obviously looked like he tried to stop, but it was a little too late. And he was indeed already in the end zone and by that happening this gave Indiana a chance to march down the field and to tie the game and they did just that Indiana marched down the field tied the game with a two-point conversion after their touchdown with a great play and scramble by Michael I don't know if it's Penix or Phoenix I'm not going to try to butcher his last name so like you said we'll just call Michael but Michael had a great scramble and uh, score for the two-point conversion to tie the game and force overtime. But even before overtime, there was a little controversy from Indiana because it looked like there was an apparent squib kick attempt, but their kicker chose to attempt more of an onside kick, which gave Penn State a field goal attempt right before overtime as time expired. So both ends looked very sloppy and very low IQ plays. And you see Penn State missed the field goal, fortunately enough for Indiana. And overtime comes, Penn State scores first with the ball. Indiana scores first, but Indiana tries stealing the game away from Penn State, going for a two-point conversion to win the game in overtime. So here we are at the play you are talking about, Henry. And Michael scrambles out left and he dives for the end zone and it appears he's in, but you look at the replay and it shows that maybe the ball, the tip of the ball touched the out of bounds line before crossing the plane. And from what I saw, Henry, to answer your question, it was too hard to tell. And I think that's what uh, it happened with the refs. There was not really a good angle. The angle we saw was a diagonal angle, a little behind the runner, but it was still a uh, horizontal, but we did not have a clear shot of the other side of the ball uh, opposite of the end that touched the out of bounds line. We don't know when exactly 
the tip of the ball crossed the plane compared to when the other side of the ball touched the out of bounds line. I thought after they slow moed it on the replay, it, it appeared he was short. But when I watched the replay more and more and throughout the course of the five minute review, I kept saying, is it in, is it not? I kept going back and forth, Henry. And eventually I decided, and this was the ref's decision by the end of that review was it was too close of a call to overturn. And I completely agree with that call. I just think it was way too close for them to overturn the initial ruling of a completed two-point conversion to win the game. So Henry, to answer your question, I think the refs made the right call there with uh, standing with that call and standing by it. And although it did look a little close and maybe he wasn't in, I think it was definitely the right call. Yeah, Andrew. And for this Penn State team, I mean, next week is basically their season on the line against Ohio State. And if they lose that game, a team that was considered possibly a playoff contender, their season's done after next week if they lose the game. And that's how it works in college football with every game meaning so much. And if you slip up, I mean, that could be your season. And for this Indiana team, they got off to a really good start. And who knows, maybe they're the team that was supposed to be Penn State this year and possibly compete for a playoff spot. But you know, we'll have to see with this Ohio State team facing off against Penn State. Unfortunately, we won't get to see a whiteout there, but it'll be on ABC Game of the Week. So I'm very much looking forward to that game, especially because it's on Halloween. Yeah, and Henry, we will see if Penn State can have the bounce back week they are looking for. But let's move on to our next segment. And this is one that uh, we started in the last NFL podcast and we thought it went very well. So we are sticking with it, but in the college football world, and this segment is called legit or not legit. And we are going to run through a list of teams and state whether we think these teams are a legit team or if they are not legit. So Henry, let's start off with this one team. They are ranked very highly in the country right now. And that is Oklahoma state. So Henry, what do you think about this Oklahoma State team? Do you think they are legit or not legit? Andrew, if out of all the teams in the Big 12, they're probably the one team that decides to play defense every once in a while. They have a gr great offense led by Chuba Hubbard, and their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, is an emerging quarterback and one of the best quarterbacks, arguably, in the Big 12. And I'd have to say they are legit, whether I think they make the playoffs or not. I don't think they will, but I definitely think they are a legit team. Henry, I completely agree with you here because Oklahoma State, I was not too high on them at the beginning of the season because normally Big 12 is not known for having great defenses and Oklahoma State, I was expecting not to have that great of a defense. But Oklahoma State is having one of the best defensive uh, outings throughout this season so far out of any team in college football. They have one of the best defenses in college football. And I would not think I would be saying this at this point of the season from a Big 12 team. But I am here saying Oklahoma State has one of the best performing defenses in college football so far. So Henry, are they legit or not legit? I completely agree with you. They are legit and their offense is somewhat explosive. I mean, not one of the better ones in the Big 12. Not like, or I can't even say that. I would say they are. They are a better one in the Big 12. 
but I can't say they are the best offense in the Big 12. Definitely not uh, the best offense in the country or probably not even top five, but they, they are sufficient enough to score a decent amount of points. And especially in the Big 12 where defense is not that prevalent, I think they can do a good job of that with arguably the best running back in college football, Chuba Hubbard. So the combination of that explosive offense in the Big 12 and that very good defense, Henry, this team is definitely legit. But let's move on to our next team here. And that is the Michigan Wolverines. And we were not too high on them going into the season. And we thought this could be the year that Jim Harbaugh could be kicked from his head coaching job if he did not have a winning season. But Michigan had a great first game. And I am definitely not a Michigan fan as me and Henry are both Michigan State fans. But we both admitted before this podcast saying Michigan had a great game. You can't deny it. But here comes the question. Henry, do you think Michigan is legit or not legit? Andrew, this is this, this team has seven and one written all over. And I think we obviously all know who that one loss will be to. But this team, in my opinion, is legit against probably any other team inside of the country other than Ohio State. Unfortunately, I have to say that. They are legit, but they showed it on Saturday night against Minnesota in prime time, and there's not much more they could do. The defense may, has a little bit of question I do have for them, but I, I can't see a way where they're not in legit category right now. Yeah, Henry, and it pains me in my heart to say this because we are both Michigan State fans, and I think we can both say that we are both Michigan haters, but – we can both admit when we see a good team play and Michigan did just that Michigan played well, very well. So the answer to your question and to the question is Michigan legit or not legit. I do think they are legit and I have to agree with you, Henry. And you have to say that Michigan is a good team because of beating Minnesota, who is not a bad team, Henry, Minnesota is a very good team. And Michigan beat them by a very big amount, a very big margin of victory they had there against Minnesota. And it's a prime time. It's a big game. And Michigan and Jim Harbaugh showed out and won the game. And Jim Harbaugh was getting a lot of hate and was possibly on the hot seat going into this season if he didn't turn Michigan around. And I think he did just that with that opening night victory. And I have to give Jim Harbaugh credit he wins the games he needs to, and against the game, against the teams he should beat, he wins those, which is good. The things he needs to improve is beating the teams that he probably shouldn't beat and start upsetting a little more people, a.k.a. Ohio State, and that typically doesn't happen. But I want to stick on what this Michigan team did week one for them, and it was simply incredible, I thought, to see Michigan come out that strong against a good Minnesota team and the praise that PJ Fleck was giving quarterback Joe Milton before the game. I haven't seen PJ Fleck say that about anyone. And they were saying he is a generational type talent. PJ Fleck was saying about Joe Milton before he even took a college football snap. And I think Joe Milton backed that up. I don't know if we can say he's going to be like the best quarterback in college football or anything like that, but he's definitely a good quarterback and he can, definitely run that Michigan offense so Henry this team is definitely legit I think that they need to fix a little on defense 
I think their defense could be better, but that offense is looking explosive. Their running back, Zach Charbonnet, is looking really nice. And Joe Milton, as I said, the quarterback, looks like he knows how to lead this team and how to run this offense. So with that being said, let's move on to our next team. And Henry, this is a no-brainer for me. But obviously, for, while having this team on there, I don't know if you feel the same way as I do, but Notre Dame, are they legit or not legit? Andrew, they're a very legit team. I mean, I do have a bit of questions still with Ian Book. I know you're definitely not in agreement with me on that. I think he's a very good quarterback. I just think he, he definitely has the ability to play to another level, which we haven't seen yet. That defense is always just very good, but they're able to lead on that run game, which is just tremendous. They haven't had a real test yet, I'd say, but they do play Clemson in two or three weeks, and that will be their real test. And if they're able to beat Clemson, they're for sure going to be considered a national championship favorite. Yeah, and Henry, I was surprised by that because we have been talking about Ian, quarterback Ian Book, and I am very high on him, and you are you like him, but you are not so high on him. And I thought you were going to come out saying – that Notre Dame was not a legit team. And I give you credit because you definitely said the right things because I do think they are a legit team. And of course, as I mentioned, I am high on Ian Book. And I think he is possibly a top seven quarterback, at least in the country. I think he is one of the more polished quarterbacks. But this Notre Dame team is one of the most all-around complete teams in college football. So there's no choice, other choice for me, rather than to say that Notre Dame is a com or legit team because they are a legit team. And there's no question about that. They are ranked very highly in the country. I know they haven't played the best competition yet, and we will see how they do against Clemson. But Henry, I think they'll give Clemson a run for their money. And speaking a little on Clemson while I'm talking about them. They had a little bit of a scare there against Syracuse, who are not a very good team. They pulled away at the end, though. They pulled away at the end, which was uh, nice to see because we, we had a little scare there because it was very close. I think at some point in the third quarter, it might have been 24-21 or something like that. And with Syracuse losing to Liberty, I'm pretty sure that was the week prior. Clemson, I, I feel like Clemson and Syracuse, they always have close games, no matter, no matter where they're ranked, no matter who's the better team. But... I want to stay on track here, and I want to say Notre Dame is definitely a legit team. Henry, let's talk about this team with a very good quarterback, Henry, but this team isn't necessarily the most complete team, and they haven't played the best competition, and that is BYU. Henry, they are ranked pretty high in the country. I don't believe they have lost a game yet, so is this team legit or not legit? Andrew, unfortunately, this is the first team that I have as a not legit football team. I think they still have a lack of talent on both sides of the ball compared to some of these other teams that we're listing. I, I do think they're very good at the quarterback position, as you mentioned, but they haven't played anyone yet other than Houston, who's still not a very good football team, in my opinion. And I just think there's a lot of questions overall surrounding this team and if they can compete with a good team. So I have to say that they're not legit. Henry, I agree with you here. I think their quarterback is possibly a Heisman contender and will be an NFL draft pick. But 
when I have to say, if is, is this team legit or not legit? All around, when you look at it, their quarterback is the highlight of their team, but everything else isn't that much of a highlight reel, Henry. And they haven't played that good of teams yet or that good of competition. So you can't really compare them to any other uh, teams or any other solid games because all these power five teams we've seen so far, most of these top teams have played some decent competition that we can kind of compare them to previous games and kind of figure out how good this team is. But with BYU, they've played pretty bad competition, so we can't really say how good they are yet, but they haven't really even blown that not-so-great competition out of the waters. So I think soon we might see them uh, lose a game or two because I don't think they can really go through this season and keep winning consistently because I don't think their defense is there. Their defense is pretty bad, I, I can say. Their offense is pretty good because they have that incredible quarterback. But having an incredible quarterback doesn't save your defense, and their defense is nothing special. So overall, I think BYU is not legit. But let's move on to our last team we have here, and that is Cincinnati. And they had an incredible week last week against SMU. Totally blew them out. But Henry, they are very highly ranked, and they are undefeated. So do you think this team is legit or not legit? Andrew, this may be the one that we disagree on. I have Cincinnati as a legit football team. I mean, they can only beat the teams on their schedule. I know I kind of use the BYU hasn't played anyone for BYU, but the one ranked team that we're probably going to face all year in SMU, they went on the road and absolutely smack them. I mean, BYU was considered to be the team that would probably represent the group of five in the New Year's Six Bowl games. But now it's looking like it's almost for sure going to be Cincinnati. And Cincinnati could possibly even compete for a playoff spot if they keep winning and blowing out teams. I don't think they'll make the playoff. I mean, it's just too hard for a group of five team to make the playoff. But they definitely showed to me on Saturday night that they are a legit football team. Henry... And I know you're anticipating me to disagree with you here, but I am not going to disagree with you here. Shocking enough, I am not. And that is because I saw how that defense was playing against SMU. and They were playing like one of the better defenses in the country, Henry. And SMU is a pretty good football team, I can say. So unlike BYU, Cincinnati did play some pretty decent competition, and that was SMU. And what they showed against SMU was that themselves Cincinnati is a definitely a solid football team and I can agree with you they, the rest of their schedule is very winnable so for this foreseeable future I see Cincinnati possibly making a New Year's Six Bowl as you mentioned but that will wrap it up for our segment there with legit or not legit and let's move on to our last topic here and that is quarterback from Wisconsin, Graham Mertz, tested positive for COVID-19. And I believe he will have to sit out about three weeks it is. Yeah, three weeks now. And that's a huge hit to this Wisconsin team. And I kind of want to talk about COVID-19 in general, because we could be seeing this with more and more players. And this is just one of the star players we've seen so far 
test positive for COVID-19 and have to sit out a, a solid amount of games. I mean, Henry, sitting out three games after he already played the first one, that's going to lead up to the midway point in the season. So who knows how Wisconsin can survive without Graham Mertz because he is truly that the leader of that team. He played so good against Illinois in the Big Ten opener on Friday night. And now he's just going to have to sit out three more weeks. And that's going to definitely hurt the chemistry and the momentum that this Wisconsin team had. But I want to talk more about COVID-19 in general affecting college football. Because as I mentioned earlier, this is just one of the positive tests we've seen so far in COVID-19 involving the college football world. But do you think we will see more star players test positive and this will affect good teams that probably should make New Year's Six Bowls or should make the college football will affect their chances on making those games? Yeah, Andrew, and that Graham Mertz positive is still pending, and we'll find out tomorrow, the today, the day that you're listening to this podcast, most likely, if it is a false positive or not, and that would be huge for Wisconsin, whether or not it's a positive or a false positive, but yeah, speaking of what you said, Andrew, I mean, there's a lot of risk playing football, but at some point, you know, I mean, it's college football, and especially in the South, they're not going to miss this college football season for anything at this point. And I highly doubt that the season will get paused in any shape or form, especially with all these Southern teams being at the top of the country, but it seems like you have something to say. So I'll let you talk. Yeah, Henry. And you talk about the Southern teams and the SEC was the biggest advocate to resume college football activities, of course, while COVID-19 was at its peak in the pandemic. And what I have to say here is that I am, I do not think that this season will get paused or stopped at any point because I think they have no choice but to play it out because I think it's been going very well. But if we start seeing more positive tests, they might start canceling games and postponing them. And that might mean they have to reschedule and eventually if there's too many positive tests that they can't even start rescheduling games because they can't get them in at that point, they might have to call it quits on the season, but I do not think that will happen. But the thing that I think might be interesting to see, as I mentioned before, you said what uh, you said, Henry was that if we start seeing star players, like imagine if Trevor Lawrence tests positive for COVID-19 prior to the Notre Dame game. Do you say, wow, but Clemson would have won that game if Trevor Lawrence didn't test positive. So do we put him in the playoffs, even though Notre Dame is an undefeated team now, but Clemson would have won that game if Trevor Lawrence was uh, playing in it. So that's what we might have to come to, or just using another example, if Michigan and Ohio State are both 7-0 and going into the game and Ohio State's starting quarterback, Justin Fields, test positive prior to the game, isn't able to play. Michigan wins the game, but everybody's saying after the game that Ohio State is the better team. Justin Fields wasn't playing. Who do they put in the playoffs now? Is it Michigan or Ohio State? Because Michigan's the undefeated team, and they beat Ohio State. 
but Ohio State didn't have the starting quarterback. These are just hypotheticals, of course, but this is something to think about. I think this is definitely something to think about and how COVID-19 affects these playoff spots, affects standings, affects champions in certain conferences and affects the college football world in general. But Henry, I have nothing else to add about this matter. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah, Andrew, speaking on your hypotheticals, uh, I'd probably put the undefeated team in because, I mean, you can't say, I mean, there's a lot of what ifs, but you have to win the games that are played regardless. And teams are taking that risk. It, I mean, you don't have all your players too bad. You got to go out and win. You got to have that next man up mentality, especially this year. And it's just, it's just how college football works. But I think this would be a great time to wrap up tonight's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We really did hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast. Once again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.